Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Little did I know that it's really strange as the author of several books it always amazes me when I get asked to sign one, okay? It's really a strange feeling to get to write your name for somebody. And if you would have told me way back when, right out of high school, that, that I would give a lot of autographs, I would have said that you were crazy. But I remember the first autograph I ever gave, and it had nothing to do with writing books or anything. I got a job working for Bad Company Rodeo. And um, anyway, I'm from West Texas. Bad Company Rodeo was based out of Del Rio, Texas. They did a lot of rodeos all across the nation, but, but definitely in Texas. And a good friend of mine worked for them. And he said, hey, man, we're always looking for help. Can you help us at this rodeo, at the Pecos Rodeo, which used to be held on the 4th of July. It is the home of the world's first rodeo, despite what y'all deer trail people think. We can fight after service, okay? We can punch each other in the face until y'all understand that you're wrong, even if I lose, okay? But I got the opportunity to work for Bad Company, and uh, anyway, uh, the second night I was there, after the bronc riding, one of my jobs was to go out into the arena and get all the flank cinches that had come off. And so I'm in my bad company shirt. It's a white shirt with a red logo with a, with a red bandana around. I mean, looking sharp, looking cool. As cool as you can be running around an arena. And if you've never ran in a rodeo arena, just run through, you know, waist-deep snow. It's about the same thing, okay? And so anyway, I'm out there picking up flank cinches, and I'm walking along the side of where all the box seating is, you know, where y'all rich people sit. They're sitting all in there, and I'm walking along. I got like 14 cinches on me, and this little kid says, excuse me. And I stop, and I look at him, and he's like probably seven years old, and his eyes are this big around, and he's got the program. And he goes, can I have your autograph? I took those cinches and threw them into the arena, said, let me have that. <laughs> I found a good blank page that I could really mark up. And I said, what's your name, son? Billy, I don't know. Like, Billy. And I'm like, to Billy. Keep your toes out and your seat in the saddle. God bless. Kevin Weatherby, bad company. <laughs> I was so excited I walked out of the arena without the flank cinches. Those of you that know me... <laughs> really well understand what just happened because <laughs> I'm like the most absent-minded person in the world, right? That was the second night. But there was something that happened on the first night that I didn't know was memorable until 
this sermon, when I started preparing for this. Because the very first night, I didn't have my bad company shirt. I just had a regular shirt on, right? And so, anyway, the guy that got me the job, Junior, he tells me, he's like, hey, man, go back behind the chutes, and over here is where all these flank cinches are because the bareback riding at the Pecos Rodeo is the first event. He said, go get a month, about half of the flank cinches so that we can be putting them on before they get in the chute. Yes, sir. So I walk back there, right? And this guy in a bad company shirt, he don't know me from nothing, right? And, he, and I'm walking by, and he stops me. And he said, who said you could come back here? Because, I mean, you know, you, you go to a rodeo behind the bucket and shoots, it's the coolest place to be, right? Back there with all the cowboys, they're getting ready, they're getting rosined up, you know, they're doing their little old pro rodeo dance, whatever they do. You can't ever tell them apart from cheerleaders, and you know what I'm talking about, Mr. Hoffman, because you was one of them. His wife is just staring a hole through and just looking at him. So is his daughter. So they're back there doing their callus, their cowboy calisthenics and everything, and I walk back there because I'm a cool kid now, right? And this other guy in a bad company shirt says, who said you could get back here? Who said you could come back here? And I like me immediately like vapor like, like did I do, you know? And I was like, uh, Junior told me to come get the flank cinches. He goes, I didn't ask what you were doing. I said, who, who said you could be back here? And he just walks off. And I was like, well, I guess that was good enough. <laughs> so I grabbed the flank cinches and I go. You know, there's a fictional story that I read not too long ago that goes along something along those same lines. And it's a fictional story. But this guy gets to heaven, right? Sounds like a joke. This guy gets to heaven, and an angel walks up to him and says, I know you. I've seen the way you lived your life. I've seen the things that you did and things that you didn't do. And what makes you think that you can come in here to heaven. And the thief who just died looked at the angel and said, the guy on the middle cross said I could. The guy on the middle cross said I could come in here. While this is a fictional story, this is the reality of Easter. That for some reason, I don't think religion really wants to tell you. Because here's the problem with the thief on the cross. He got to go with Jesus to paradise that day. And all this guy said was, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That is the type of faith that saves because, see, the problem religion has with the thief on the cross is that this guy wasn't baptized. He didn't go to a Bible study. He never went on a mission trip. No serving the poor, no confirmation classes. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This guy didn't play bass in the church band and didn't hang out with people that said dang and darn. Right? He wasn't on the church softball team. He never tithed or joined a local church. And yet, here he is. 
going to paradise with Jesus while three people hang on the cross. Who told you that you could come in here to heaven, thief? The guy on the middle cross said I could. Because in Luke 23, 43, Jesus answers the thief. When the thief says, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, we're going to look at that statement and the four parts of it that have the power to change your life forever. To change your life from right now going forward, you will never be the same. Because nobody can come face to face with the risen Lord and remain unchanged. And that today is what I want to do for you. I want to make an introduction between Jesus Christ and you. And then I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let y'all get to know each other. But let me tell you a little bit about my Lord, my Savior, my Father, my guide, and my friend. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus said, truly. Truly. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say, I'll think about it. He didn't say, I'll have to talk to my dad. Let me ask you some questions. Can you fill this out and one of our deacons will meet with you afterwards? He didn't say anything like that. He said, truly. Truly. See, truly means this, according to the dictionary. To the fullest degree, lacking nothing. Absolutely or completely, in fact, or without a single doubt. Jesus is saying, when he tells that thief, when he looks over, his body is beaten beyond recognition. He has nails through his feet. He's suffocating because his feet hurt, so he goes down to relieve the pressure on his feet. But when he does, he starts, it puts pressure on his diaphragm where he's dying. So he has to lift himself back up to breathe. And in one of those agonizing moments of the three hours that he spent on the cross, a thief said to him, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he says, truly, you will be with me today in paradise. Basically, Jesus is saying, I give you my word on my life that you today will be with me in paradise. Is your faith true? Have you heard Jesus call out in your soul, truly I tell you today that you will be with me in paradise after the end of your trail? Truly, I tell you. Is your faith true because the grace Jesus offers is absolutely true? Without a doubt, absolutely, completely, to the fullest degree. Truly, you are here today. Truly, you are here today because you have heard that call on your life.
You have heard that call, not with your ears, but with your soul. That's why you're here today. Truly, you are here because of the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior that we celebrate today. But speaking of truly, I've got a question for you. Have you truly given Him your life? Truly given Him your life? The next thing that Jesus said, Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today, today. Did you know that in actuality there is no other day than today? Because tomorrow when it comes will be today. We cannot go back. All we have is today. Jesus didn't say tomorrow. He didn't say next week. Later on when the time is right, after I get some stuff done or anything else, Jesus said today. Today. Well, that thief knew he was going to die today. You do not know if you're going to pass away today. Tomorrow, next week, the week after, because un, I don't want to say unfortunately or fortunately, but we don't have an expiration date stamped on the bottom of our foot. But I'm telling you that one day today will be the day for you. But you don't know when that day is happening. That is why it's imperative. That's why you get sick of people like me telling you, please. Please, if you believe in Jesus, give him your life. Make that change. Come face to face with the risen Lord and Savior. Because today is the only day that there is. You know, Jesus didn't fiddle fart around. Have you ever noticed that? When he did something, he did it today. He did it today because there are no yesterdays, there are no tomorrows. There is today's. And one day, guys, one day, and I hope for all of us that it's years and years and years in the making, but you know the odds just as much as I do. Do not leave here today without being sure that your place in, place in the kingdom of God is secure. Truly, I tell you today, we wake up and we give Jesus our todays. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to come. There's nothing we can do about tomorrow, but there is something that we can do about today. What will you do with your today? And may I say that you've made a pretty good start at it already. What will you do today? Then Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me. Truly, today I tell you that you will be with me. And what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture that is. He didn't say, I'm going to send you to heaven, did he? He didn't say, here, let me write God a note. Here, Let me put an X on your hand with magic marker so that you can get in. Because that stuff don't even come off in heaven. Okay? Right? The younger crowd got that. You older people need to go back for a little while. Okay? The most beautiful words in Jesus' statement to the thief are those two. With me. With me. A lot of times we don't feel like God is close to us. 
but he's right there every single day. Man, you know what? A lot of people say, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask God why the you know, Democrats, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to ask God why the Republicans, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to, nobody's going to talk about the independents. I'm just joking. I am the least political person in the world. But anyway, I'm just joking. Listen, a lot of people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because when you come face to face, literally, with that risen Lord and Savior, I'd be willing to bet that you hit your knees and you weep openly out of pure, unadulterated joy and nothing that happened down here is going to make you regret one single minute with him. One of my favorite paintings in the world is, I don't know the title of it. Let me describe it to you. It's kind of like this, kind of funky colored, look like oil painting or something. Oh, I do know. It's called First Day. And it has Jesus. It's a side-by-side shot of this woman getting to heaven and you don't see anything it's just her and jesus and she has her arms thrown around and she is like just has her mouth open just like oh my gosh a total like fangirl right but she's hugging jesus and he's pulling her off the ground and it says first day in heaven that's what our first day in heaven is going to be like with jesus He even said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, I will bring you with me there. What a glorious good news we have. In order to be with him in heaven, you got to be with him today. You got to be with him today. And finally, he says, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. In paradise. <laughs> There's a story of a guy that made a lot of money in the oil field in West Texas, and this is a true story. And he made his millions in the oil field boom of the early 80s, and this story is told to me 20 years later, nearly 30 years later, of how he... Just had so much money he didn't know what to do with. So he went and spent like $150,000 cash on a brand new thoroughbred racehorse stud. He's going to make a lot of money in the breeding business. And he calls his son. He's like, come over. I got something to show you. So the son goes over there who's now running the business. He says, come out to the barn. And he opens up the stall. He's like, what did you do, Dad? And he goes, it's my new racehorse stud. He goes, how much did you spend? He said, just $150,000. He's like, good grief, Dad. What do you know about breeding horses? He goes, nothing. Not yet, but I'll learn. Okay, Dad. And he leaves and goes, right? Well, the next morning, the dad calls the son and says, hey. He's like, what? He goes, I need you to come out here. He said, why? And he said, you know that horse I bought? He said, yeah. He goes, he's dead. He goes, you're kidding me. He goes, no, he's dead as a doornail. He said, did you call the guy you brought him from? He said, I dang sure did. He goes, what did he say? He said, I called and told him we had a problem. The guy said, what is it? And he said, I told him that horse was dead this morning. And that guy had the nerve to tell me, well, he ain't never done that before. 
True story. True story. That is Weatherby luck right there. That is Weatherby luck. Today you will be with me in paradise. Have you ever thought how we try to make this paradise? Of how much money we spend on things that we think is going to make us happy. And I guarantee you, none of those material things have, have they? We try to make heaven on earth. And listen, the good news is that this is not heaven. This is not paradise. This is a hard trail down here. We put everything we have into a fallible vessel that all of us except our soul is going to be destroyed. We are going to be given a new body in the new heaven and on the new earth. Everything will be made new again, but yet we put so much into trying to make heaven on earth here that we forget the actual important things. Because in James chapter 4, in the simplified cowboy version, it says this, Cowboy, you ain't nothing more than smoke off a calf's branded hide. You are here for a second, and then you're gone. That's James 4.14 in the Simplified Cowboy Version. But then Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, in the Simplified Cowboy Version. He says, shoot for the great things of heaven, where there is no rot and thieves can't break in. Whatever you long for the most is where your heart really is, and your Bible will say, Store up the treasures of heaven. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. For where you store your treasures is where your heart truly is. This is not heaven. Let's invest in heavenly things. And how do we do that? We do that by loving others. Not the easy ones. You know that knothead? You know that knothead that, man, they're just hard to love. You just get sick of trying, but for some reason you just keep trying. That's where we get our credit, is love and not heads. And just so you know, somebody's thinking about you right now. Okay? Y'all just need to know that. <laughs> Store up your treasures in heaven. Store up your treasures in heaven. Out of demand that was never baptized? How did a man that never brought a single green bean casserole to a church potluck, how in the world, how in the world did a guy get into heaven without a Jesus fish bumper sticker? <laughs> Mitch is gone. How in the world did a guy like that get into heaven? Same way you will. And you know what it was? We've been skirting around it the whole time. But if you were listening, you understood something perfectly. No, that guy didn't do any of those things. He didn't. But you know what he did do? From that point on, he gave Jesus the rest of his life. That's what got him into heaven. It's the same thing that will get you to heaven. You give Jesus 
the rest of your life. You can have fun. Come hang out with us. We have fun all the time, except when we're not. Although, I will say to Ty and Coy, these are two of the most godly people I know because they were fencing in the wind yesterday. That is giving Jesus the rest of your life. Right? No, seriously. I want you to make a decision today. We can be joyful about it. It is not a death sentence because when you give Jesus Christ the rest of your life, you will be able to go places that you would have never gone before. You will be able to do things that there is no other way of doing. You will say things that do not come from you but come from the Word of God and you will become something that you cannot possibly be without Him. By giving Jesus the rest of your life. And I pray you do that today. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, before we do the Lord's Supper, we ask that you prepare us for the magnitude of what we are about to do. We will remember your body that was broken and the blood that was spilled. We will remember that you, Jesus, are the only way to eternal life. And I pray that your word and your death, burial, and resurrection will end up being eternal life for that person that's praying right now. And they can do that. By saying the same thing, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, and then we will give you, God, the rest of our lives. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.